At the United States Postal Service, we deliver fast and affordably for small biz, big box, large scale, wholesale, retail, B2B, B2C, ASAP. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. Welcome back to Rabid Noise. Joining me on the program now is Michael from Dark Tranquility. How are you going, man? Hey, man. I'm awesome. From uh, snowy, snowy Cleveland, Ohio. Awesome, man. Well, uh, it's good to hear you're uh, doing all right. Well, uh, you guys haven't toured here since 2006, and when the tour got announced, my Facebook feed was filled with people, I know, excited that you guys were heading back down our way again. Your fans have definitely missed you. Um, Why has it been so long since uh, we've seen you guys? I honestly don't know, and I I, I feel really sorry about it, because um, we had such an amazing time last time, and... um, we have been trying to book it a couple of times, but it, it has gone through for or kind of just didn't happen for different reasons. I don't know. Like sometimes it's hard with timing and also, you know, financial side of it is kind of difficult as well. So it's it's just been tough and I'm I'm really sorry, but we're gonna hopefully make up for it this time around. I think it's uh, definitely going to be one hell of a tour. There's so many people, as I said, excited to see you guys. And especially cool. with your last album, uh, Construct, which was one of my favorite releases of last year, uh, with my personal favorite track being uh, Uniformity. Uh, such a such a great oh, yeah. album, man. Cool. I heard that this album was written during quite a challenging time for the band. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Like We were just kind of lost for... Um, as to what to do next, you know. Where the Void was really, really difficult to write. It took a lot of time, and um, we just uh, we couldn't really taste the fact of, of going back and doing that again, like just struggling, struggling, struggling to write new music. And um, so it, we just kept touring instead, and didn't, didn't really, we, we chose not to face the problem we were, we were dealing with, you know, and we, uh, we just, we couldn't really even talk about it. It was just difficult, you know. We just we felt no inspiration, no kind of. We didn't know how to start the album or what direction to go. So it took a lot of time. But then once we actually decided to to work in a different way, to uh, to kind of work in small groups instead of all of us at the same time, you know, kind of yeah. make it less democratic in a way. Um, things started happening. You know, we had all this material. We just didn't know what to do with it. But all of a sudden, like working in the studio, you know, just recording demos and trying out um, different ideas, different approaches to songs. Um, it kind of opened up new possibilities and and um, it became this really, really creative uh, vibe, you know, and all of a sudden, like, things started happening and all of a sudden we had, we had an album and it, it felt fantastic. And it was cool to work in a, such a different way, you know. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. by the by the outcome, it was pretty inspiring, you know, to change things up a little bit because, as I said, the album's phenomenal, you know, and do you think sometimes it does take a bit of a struggle to um, get the end result? Absolutely. I think it, it should always be a struggle. Like if, if it becomes too easy, then it's not good enough, you know, because, of course, we could have just taken the easy route and just written a few fast catchy songs and that would be that, you know, it would be mm-hmm. fine, but it wouldn't feel good, you know, it has to be something that, that you struggle with or that you feel really, feel really, really strongly about, otherwise what's the point, you know, so, um, so I'm really, I, I remember the feeling once we kind of could sit back in the studio and actually listen to the, 
you what we've done uh, that we we felt such a weight lifted off of our shoulders and we were immensely proud of it and it just felt so good and we kind of looked at each other and went like holy shit we actually pulled it off we did it you know because there was definitely a time where we we felt like oh, who knows how is this going to work this could take another year or two years or so some people mm. will even get started but once we did you know it happened it was awesome Awesome, man. Well, uh, when it comes to writing uh, lyrics, do you find that you have to prepare yourself in a certain way mentally or emotionally to write for Dark Tranquility? I guess so. Uh, at least I have to get inspired somehow, you know, and um, normally that comes from the music itself, you know. I get the songs and I listen to it over and over and over again until I kind of find a vibe and a feel that I that I like and that, that feels good. And... Um, but this time around, I think I, I was, there was a lot of personal stuff that I, that I needed to deal with. And that, that kind of became the focus of the entire album, you know, and uh, mm. just consumed me. And it was really, really difficult to write. And I hated the process pretty much. But at the same time, it felt good. And once I kind of finished it all, I, I, um, I could kind of put it behind me. And now I feel so much better. But it, it's, it's constantly a struggle. It should be, you know. It, it feels good to be angry and frustrated and, uh, and sad and all that stuff but when you're in, in the vocal booth screaming your lungs out, you know. Oh, for sure. That's awesome. Well, you not only have an amazing growl, but you've also got an amazing clean singing voice as well. Do you find it okay. difficult switching between the two when you're singing live? No, it's not that bad. I mean, sure, there'll be days when... You can hear yourself and stuff like that. It's up to, you know, like the sound engineers and stuff like that to fix that. But sometimes, but no, it's it's normally not a, a big deal. I, I'm okay with it, you know. Sure, I've been on the store. I've been kind of under the weather and kind of you know, having a bad cold. So it's been kind of tough a couple of days, but <clears throat> I think I'm over it now, I said with a cough. But um, no, so that it's normally not a, a problem, actually. It's, it's fun to change things up a little bit. Well, it, uh, it, it definitely sounds awesome. I, I, that's one thing I love about your voice is, you know, how you can switch between the two and make it sound so seamless. Because uh, uh, especially for, you know, night after night, it, it can, you know, I guess your voice gets to a certain point where it doesn't it, it doesn't feel it anymore. Is that is that right? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, you, you build up um, a certain technique and a certain, I guess, a a muscle or whatever that you just switch on and off and it, it just works. But of course it takes some maintenance. I do need to warm up and take care of myself and go to bed early and shut the fuck up normally during the days. <laughs> Stuff like that. You know, just to, to kind of maintain it. But it's been, um, it's been all right this, this last week. We've done almost a hundred shows now and it's uh, been fine every day. When it comes to the mixing for the construct, you enlisted uh, the legendary Jens Bongren. Uh, what was it about his work that got you interested in working with him for this album? Well, I just loved his, his, his kind of hi-fi approach. Like, I think it was when I heard, like, um, Opus work with him on, um, uh, what's it called? Um, and then I think the, the album that really caught me was uh, Paradise Lost by Symphony X. I just love how that sounded, and it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And then everything I listened to that he's done, like including some Devin Townsend projects and stuff like that, and it just it's such a 
gatey way of of mixing metal. I thought, and uh, that I really loved. And then I we met and we geeked out about speakers and stereo systems and stuff like that. And um, I just felt it just felt really right, you know. And uh, I think he did an amazing job. This is the best sounding album we've ever done. Without a doubt. Oh, for sure. Would you work with him again? Yeah, I hope so. I don't know, if, he, if he wants us, <laughs> we'll have it. <laughs> that's cool, man. Well, uh, he definitely did a, an amazing job because that's the first thing I noticed was how how crisp and and, and full it sounds. It's, he he did such a good damn good job with that mix. It's, it sounds awesome. Oh yeah, for sure. Like and he, he effortlessly mixed keyboards together with heavy guitars and everything like that to make it kind of feel organic and cool. But sometimes isn't the easiest thing to blend, you know? You know what I mean? No, no, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that I kind of felt that he could definitely do, you know, to kind of integrate. And I think he did better than anyone. Um, because, yeah, it has been tough, especially in the beginning when we recorded in Studio Fremen and stuff like that. It's like it's hard to kind of, kind of get through, you know, heavy guitars and uh, and all the drums and all that screaming you know, so it, uh, it's definitely a challenge but he's definitely up to it when it comes to your own personal musical influences what would you say has been your biggest inspiration I think in the, the beginning when we started the band it was Creator and Sabat from England like those were the two main influences like in terms of vocal style and lyrics so that's how I kind of like I wanted the aggression and anger and frustration of Mila Petrosa from Creator with the um, kind of highfalutin lyrics of Martin Valkyrie from Sabbath. Those were hugely influential to me. And um, and since then, I think I've, you know, of course, discovered a lot of other things. But I guess something that I always come back to is Rush. You know, Neil Peart's lyrics are hugely inspirational to me. And it's like whenever I'm stuck writing, I, I go like, what would, what would Neil do? You know, I, and I find my way again. So after this tour, what's next for Dark Tranquility? It's just more touring, actually. Like, we're wrapping up uh, this U.S. tour now in three weeks. We're going to be home for a couple of days. Then we do, yeah, we start in China, and then we do Japan, and then we come to Australia, and we do Israel and um, Tunisia and Turkey and stuff like that. And then we're home in April, sometimes like that, and then... We do summer festivals, we do another U.S. tour after the summer, and a European tour in the winter, and um, then, we'll, then it, all of a sudden it's New Year's all over again. So it's going to be a busy year of just touring. And then we'll see if we get to squeeze in some songwriting after that. Well, it sounds like you got a pretty full-on year ahead. So, oh, yeah. Which, which, yeah. which is pretty exciting. I mean, you know, it definitely beat going to a day job, that's for sure. So, uh, you yeah. know, it must be an amazing feeling to tour the world and uh, meet all your fans and just be creative. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is the greatest. Sometimes you forget that you should appreciate it more. <laughs> yeah. After three weeks of um, on a tour bus, you know, but uh, it, is, it is awesome. We, and we really, really enjoy it. I had a blast on this tour so far. We, we started out in South America and then we did this cruise in the Caribbean and played metal there and then American tour so now all of a sudden we're in knee deep in snow and the cold park around here and uh, so it's um it's big changes and uh, yeah we've we've seen seen a lot this year already. 
Oh, well, it sounds like you're having an absolute blast. Um, have you got any uh, words for your fans down here in Australia? Well, I'm just sorry we haven't uh, made it back uh, in nine years or whatever, but um, hopefully we can make it up to you this time around. We're going to come there and we're going to deliver and we're going to play as, as long as you want, <laughs> as many songs as you need. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to go to the track Uniformity off Construct now. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show tonight, Michael, and we'll see you in Brisbane My on pleasure. the 28th of March. Oh, perfect. See you then, man. Cheers. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 